This is Manifest Mindset, where we delve into our true passions, inspire the best out of ourselves, and live our life with true intention every single day. Hello? Hey, Bob. All right, welcome back to another episode of Manifest Mindset. We're back with Bob and Nick. How are you doing, Nick? Bob, I'm hanging in there, my dude. Um, it's been a crazy week. It's been a wild week. Um, but as always, good to be back on these calls. Yeah, it's good to hear your voice. I'm always excited to, to hear you speak again here just to, for us to reconnect. So last week, it was pretty much of a like a crunch time for you because you set an accountability goal of reading a book in like two days <laughs> yep. with super, super busy schedule of residency work, tests, the weekends, and still treating patients. I'm, you've been keeping me at the edge of the seat. How has that been going for you, Nick? Well, Bob, um, I'll be honest with you. When I, there have been times I've called you out on your goals when I thought, hey, I don't know if that's quite, a, quite realistic or not. And, you know, there are times where we overreach, we overstride. And it's good to have goals that are beyond our capacity. Um, it's good to have those things that we still hold ourselves accountable to to do our best to get after you if we can't fully do it. That being said, I did read the book. I did complete it. It was still, in my humble opinion, bad timing to set that goal. Um, a little bit later night than I anticipated, but it was well worth every minute of it. So, so just to clarify, so you read the book, you completed the, you did the task in the, a lot of time, but I in did hindsight, the task, in, in the, I did the task in a lot of time in about two days, um, read through the whole book, um, you know, by that, by that Thursday where I needed to, to give it as a present to one of my good friends. Um, if I did it. But would I set goals like that every single week? No, not a chance. Of course. Is, is that more because you feel like you'll burn out quicker that way? Or or why do you say that, Nick? Yeah, I think for me, um, it's good to have the capacity to store up to give the pushes when we need to push. But if we're pushing, pushing, pushing like that all the time, and I say we very generally, um, I'm talking about myself, but I think that I can generalize this for I'll say a lot of people. Um, there are only so many hours a day, and it does cut into rest and recovery. So, I'm like one of the nights, for example, I had like just three hours of sleep that night, basically, or a little bit more than that. And wow, for, for me at least, that's not sustainable. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But but that's great that you kept your word and you got the book finished and read, and you handed it off to to your coworker. It was a great book, well worth the read, um, and yeah, I got a ton out of it. Tell me more about it. What 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 was one of the golden nuggets that you want to share? Oh boy, I mean, we'll go with the old sports cliche that how you do one thing is how you do everything. Yes, and it's absolutely true with the way that we lead our lives, the way that whether again with this book comparing a lot of basketball and business back and forth, and just the mindset and tenacity that goes into it all and how to be a better teammate, how to understand yourself better in all the different roles that you are in. Um, analysis from player to coach to organization slash individual CEO and the whole company. Um, we have to understand our own part and kind of do our job. We have to have an intimate understanding of what everybody else is responsible for too, but not trying to overcrowd them to let them do their job. Um, so I think the book is a does a great job of concretely saying this is why trust is so important. This is why we have to trust and have a 
how to, even if we think we're trusting, this is how to trust better. I like that. Nick, I'm going to, I know it's early in the podcast and, and you had a busy week, but I'm going to put you on the hot seat right oh, now. You. So, so you read the book and yep. many people, like they read a book, they just put it down. They like say, wow, that was a great book. And you talked about learning about how you do something, how you do everything. And that's part of like the process. Um, so what, I guess, what actual thing have you started doing after you read that book? Oh, wow. Great question, my friend. Um, so as you know, last time we talked a little bit about um, that, like I sent out that um, the kind of the 10, the 12 questions about different areas of my life that people kind of rate me and comments and stuff. So I'm still getting a couple of those coming in. I'm still compiling them. So I'm getting this kind of rich feedback and, um, you know, we'll talk about more towards the end, but that's part of what I'm going to do for my accountability for next week. So I'm in the active process of that, but patterns that I see coming up for myself um, before, again, I don't have all the data, but patterns I see coming up are I'm actually not, I never put myself as an amazing communicator, but I'm not as good at communicating as I thought I was. So there was a bit of a disconnect between how I thought I behaved and how people interpret me behaving. And a lot of the feedback I've been getting with that is that, you know, and the way I processed it too is that, hey, I've got these, excuse me, this depth of a internal process and this depth of kind of being in a little bit of my own world, if you want to call it, to simplify it a little bit more the introverted side. Um, but I don't do as well expressing it. And I think that, you know, growing up for me, a lot of, the, especially the men that were to me from around my family, you know, they, they talk, they told stories and stuff, but they didn't inherently say things unless there was something that needed to be said. Um, and I think I took examples of that and I saw that as a lot of power. And sometimes for me, when there's things to be said that just seem really redundant, it's like, okay, why, why are you even talking right now, dude? Um, at least especially from a masculine form of energy. And that can be limiting at times. So while that has helped me and been a source of strength for me, um, it can also be limiting. And so I think for me, an action step is being a lot more cognizant of explicitly sharing my rationale and communicating, even when I think that something might have been communicated already. Wow. And that's, I think that's, I guess, shows how you've been applying the communication data that you took in so far based on this statement that you just made. Um, like you talked about how there's this, like you communication isn't like you perceived it to be like one of your strengths, but based on all the, these like data points that you got from the people that you trusted, it may or may not be an actual strength. It, it could still be a strength, but there's still like some, I guess, some gap. Um, you know, I think we, we think of these broad, <clears throat> these broad categories and that's why I enjoy giving the perspective of so many different people who I trust intimately um, because they have a different angle on it. You know, some people would have rated me a 10 on that. Some people rated me a six on it um, with different rationale behind each one um, based on their perspective. So it, um, like we said, it's not an all or nothing. It's not like, dude, you just suck at this. Um, but it's also not like, dude, you blow us away. This is great. It's like, no, here's where you're at, man. Um, some, sometimes sometimes a 10 of perfection isn't always a desire. Sometimes there are things where people are always going to have different opinions on, of you, and that doesn't always mean that we need to adapt and change, but it does mean that we need to consider it 
and to evaluate ourselves if we should change. You know, I I um I like how you're doing this reflection. It's it's really like I guess key to this podcast of like always self-reflecting, and you're taking it to the next level of asking other people to reflect with you, and then you're reflecting on that. Um, I was also on this podcast. I'm still going to talk about a book I'm reading right now, um, the, the Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. Have you ever heard of that book? I'm so familiar. The Slight Edge. Yeah. So the slight edge. Okay. It's uh, the title of the book is the slight edge. Um, so this is like a relatively well-known book, like um, how to win friends and influence people, or seven habits of highly effective people. This is, I think, a pretty well-known book. And one of the things that it talks about when it comes to reflecting, and reflecting weekly, reflecting whenever, um, is also celebrating when you made the right choice. So it's easy, like, uh, just in in the book, it talks about how it's, like, easy to forget that you're doing something right um, when you're reflecting. And that's something that I struggle with when when I reflect on myself. It's like, oh, when I reflect, I just focus on the negatives. But when I take a step back, there's also all these other things I can celebrate for doing right. Um, And I think that's something that I need to work that I need to work on it and I'm going to work on from reading this. Um, but I also think it applies to you now. Now you found, I guess, a gap in this area and you know, like your next point to move forward. Um, but at the same time, I think also to celebrate where the strengths were given by the other people. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we, um, you know, as humans and I'll say as survivalistic creatures, who I'll call us, um, like all animals, um, we we tend to focus on the negative more. And why do we do that? Because we need to run from that saber-toothed tiger, right? If we've got some fangs like clawing at our throat, it's a lot more stimulus. I'm like, oh, let's look at the pretty rainbow and waterfalls today. No, let's go, just like run away from the fangs, man. Um, so it's normal for us to want to move from that and respond to negativity more. But I think it was good, too, for me saying, okay, let me not just immediately think, like, if we're talking about the feedback I got, let's not just immediately think, okay, what are, like, what's the rationale, what's the reason behind all these reasons, um, why people respond to how they did for, like, the less we, the less higher ranked um, areas. But let me also think about this friendship, this relationship, and reflect on, hey, why did I get a 9 or a 10 in this area? based on this person. So like you said, Bob, it's not just about, um, you know, what can I do to improve, but okay, what am I, what are my strengths? What am I doing well? What can I bank on? And not just doing that for information, but doing it as like tactical information, but like that's a good reason to smile and say, hey, I've spent intentional energy investing in this. The results are showing. Let's keep this thing going. Yeah. Um, We went to a conference like a while back in New York and one of the speakers, Karen Litzy, gave a quote of like, when you're walking through the garden, don't forget to smell the roses. And I think that's, that applies to, to this. Um, and also if people, if the listeners, anybody who's listening don't know what's going on for like the list or anything like this, I refer back to the previous episode and that's, that's when we give like a precursor to, to this. Um, so yeah, I, I like it. Absolutely. And, uh, just uh, as a little bit of a shadow forward, um, there will also be more of this on the next episode as well. But we'll talk about that later, Bob. Of course. 
So um, you read a book. I'm also in the process of reading a book, The Slight Edge, which I mentioned. Um, and basically the premise of The Slight Edge is that every day, um, what, what separates like a quote unquote successful person from a, another quote unquote unsuccessful person, the, the, um, the, uh, I guess by how you de define success, is through the small little actions that you do every day. If you are consistently doing small little actions every single day to bring you on the right path, you're more likely to be quote unquote successful by your standards. So that's basically the premise of the book. Um, it's, it's reiterating a lot of things we talk about like mindset, not blaming, um, being responsible for our own decisions, um, reflecting. So it's good to reaffirm like our beliefs in this book. Um, and he, I guess one of the biggest, most practical things that he says is just reading, I guess, 10 pages of a good book that works on developing yourself every day. Um, and that's that he recommends, Jeff Olson, the, the author, recommends that as like the biggest thing that can actually help somebody become quote unquote successful, I guess, in the business world. Uh, I like that thing, a lot, Bobby. Yeah. Oh, no. You go ahead, man. Uh, it, but one thing he added on to say to this was super profound that I probably going to use with my patients um, as well is, is this statement is that even though like reading just 10 pages a day of, of any book to, aimed at developing somebody, it's very simple. It's also very easy to do, but at the same time, it's also very easy not to do. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I think that applies like to so many things, especially with like, uh, for, for like the McKenzie exercises, they're, they're simple, like press ups, whatever. Um, they're, they're very easy to do, but they're also e very easy not to do. So I think that's a very like powerful statement. What, what are your thoughts, Nick? I like it, Bob. I like it a lot. And what I was going to say at first, um, before you got into that kind of just big profound, but simple statement was that, you know, I like how we break it down. I like how we break it down into the daily things, into the small goals. Because it's easy, you know, like we said, with the negativity bias, it can be easy sometimes to say, hey, I had a crappy week. Why did I have a crappy week? Because this habit I said I was going to stick to for every day out of the week, I missed today, right? Instead of saying, listen, this week, you know, I hit six out of seven days. And that's a, while both statements are true, it's still a very different interpretation of it. And one provides you that encouragement that you need to go forward in that process. Um, so I think that that mindset shift is absolutely incredibly valuable. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's how you look at it. So, um, if you view it as a failure, you're more likely to, I guess, to, to be more down by it. So I guess that leads me to another point that I also wanted to talk in this book. So a few months ago I made, I guess, so I wasn't posting the podcast like a few months ago. So, and, and it compounded to such a big amount of task that it was just months behind. And then I decided I was going to post the podcast. And so far, I've been doing it consistently. And same thing with, with my own podcast, my individual podcast. I've been putting it off. And in my mind, I was like, it's too big for me to restart. But I restarted it. And now it's going great. Every week, I'm still posting. Uh, Dude, nice so. work. So, so what, what, let, me, let me ask you this, Bob. What did you give me more concrete here? What did you talk about in the first episode back? I talk about embracing failure. I talk about how failure is a big part of everything, and then it's scary to embrace failure. 
and talk about failure because nobody ever wants to fail. But failure is part of life. It's part of growth. And I think for me, I was running away from that, I guess, title of failure. So for me, embracing yeah. it just allowed me to, to go forth and go through it. it. It's so funny with, um, you know, I say this from my own experience too, Bob, but it's so funny how like, like, oh, no, 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 I don't want to be a failure. So let me just, uh, let me avoid trying. Let me put, let me avoid putting effort into it. And like, it's a natural instinct because we don't want to be perceived as less than. Um, but when we take the time to break it down, it's like, really? It's like our feel, our fear of failure only drives us further and further away from our goals. Exactly. I, I think, wow, yeah, our fear of failure drives us further and further away from our goals. I, I love that statement. That is great. Um, and I think that's so true. So in this book, I guess, to, to tie it all together, um, Jeff Olson, this is another golden nugget that I took away from this book, is that every incomplete promise, com- commitment, agreement um, you set for yourself, these things will always keep on calling you to the past for for you to take care of them. Yeah. So you, like you never we, truly run away. Exactly. Exactly. And and we always talk about don't dwell in the past because dwelling in the past just makes you keeps you in the past. That's like a, a statement we've been talking about throughout these years of uh, manifest mindset. And if you have that thing that lingers like that, that like hint of failure that lingers in the back of your mind, it's always going to draw you back to the past. And I feel like the only way to conquer that is just to go straight to that failure, embrace it. And then you move on from there. Like with, with posting this podcast, I embraced it with you. And every week it's been like, I'm super excited. It's super pumped to do this podcast. Um, and I'm just ready. Dude, I freaking love it. And like the reason I love that a lot too, Bob is where it's not even about, hey, we can't hide from the past, but it's about we are directly doing things, whether we see them as active because we're doing like we're doing something or passive because it's not I'm avoiding something. But we're we're using patterns that specifically don't allow ourselves to get away from the past. So by doing the very thing like you said, we're running away from the goals, by doing the very thing that we think it, oh let me bury it, let me push it away. And I can't be I can't be present with that. Well, it's the same exact kind of thing where, listen, it's not going to do any good whatsoever. And in fact, you're actually sabotaging yourself. And I, you know, I think about this promise, and I don't have all the science behind it, but if we think about, you know, the idea that we can't really multitask, right? All multitasking is is we're using one part of our brain that we use our brain power as a light switch. So we're actually more ineffective in kind of everything that we do. What if our little states of mind about dwelling on the past and we don't give ourselves the opportunity to do it, what if those are little areas in our brain that are always just a tiny bit active, always just a tiny bit nagging? And of course, they become more and more to the conscious realm for us once they nag stronger and stronger and stronger. What if that in itself is leading us to multitask more when we think we're just focusing on one thing? Wow, yeah, that's that's a great way to look at that. That's You're right, like, they always say don't text and drive, which is terrible. <laughs> don't text and drive, but it's part of multitasking. And I think you're right. That's the same thing of like in your mind. If you're focused on something else, how are you supposed to focus on the task at hand? Absolutely. And, you know, I think it's going to be vulnerable here and talk about some of what my weaknesses at times. Sometimes I'm, I'm too quick to come back to the present. Sometimes I'm like, dude, I'm all about action. I'm all about, hey, let's do this thing. Um, 
there are moments of inconsistency for me where I don't always take the necessary time. I don't always take the time that I probably should to just be present in the past enough so that I can move on from it and so that I can go to a next stage. So, so more so, I just, just to clarify for me and then probably yeah. the listeners, is it more so to just stay in the past a little bit more, just to feel it a little bit more? Or, yeah, or, it is. And I, I think I've got a bias off to uh, focus on just kind of controlling the controllables, quote unquote. And sometimes for me, if the past isn't perceived as a controllable, I'm like, okay, let me just move on, dude. It's, uh, like, I can't do anything about it. We're good. We're moving on. But sometimes even just for me shooting in that emotion just a, a little bit more and giving myself the space to do that, um, you know, I'm thinking now that might allow me to to better break through some of these tendencies. So I guess just a little bit more to clarify. So, so you talk, we're both big on controlling the controllables, um, not sticking on the past, but it's also important to recognize the past to move forward. Are you just talking about recognizing the past just a little bit more so you can move forward quicker and faster? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's, I think that because I'm about controlling the controllables, about taking action and everything, you know, Bob, I put this to the grieving process. If you've got a family member who's died or a friend who's died, the process of grieving, and it's not about, you know, moving away from that fast right away. But no, take, take some time. You need to grieve. I mean, don't stay there forever, right? But if you need to take some time, take some time, respect that emotion, sit with the emotion. And well, certainly many things in life, I mean, I feel like that's something I'm good at, right? I'm going to say, hey, listen, this person, this relationship, that was important to me. Um, but I don't know if I give everything in my life the same consistency with that. That hey, this thing happened in the past, I had a failure or whatever, but then I immediately go to reflect on it and act for it. Instead of maybe, you know, having the opportunity to be present in the moment to kind of quote unquote grieve the failure and grieve a missed opportunity. Even if it's just for the next six seconds. And I don't know if I need that or not. You know, I don't know if um, we have to acknowledge all those little tiny things, but your point about um know these areas of the brain um that might be affected that you know how i talk about hey that could be evidence for this whole multitasking myth um i don't know it, it brings that into question i'm not saying i have the answers but i've got more questions that come up yeah and, and i think that's that's part of the process um making a statement reflecting on it and seeing if that statement can apply to your life and make it better um and and thank you for for being vulnerable and and sharing something like that. Yeah, dude, it's uh, it's one heck of a journey, that's for sure, my man. I like it. Nick, is there anything else you want to talk about? There is not, my friend. Is there for you, Bob? Um, I think we can shift it more to the accountability part of the call now. Love it. Um, so I'll, I'll go ahead. So we talked about this whole listening and everything, and I think that you know by next time we talk. I'll have the majority of people get back to me. And so what I'm going to do between now and next time is I'm going to get kind of, we talked about this a little bit, but I'm going to get uh, a file going, kind of showing each person what they rated me as with these different categories, get an average out of them, what I what I would think I kind of unbiasedly um, or biasedly rate myself um, with the intention of being unbiased and kind of seeing where they compare, just seeing, you know, what are kind of some of the top strengths, some of the top weaknesses in areas to 
hedging my bedtime for myself and areas to say, okay, let's focus on this a little bit more. I like it. Next the weekend or next time we meet, it'll just we'll just go through down the list and we'll talk about each one. I like, I like that. Um, for me, last week I talked about reading the f- first edition of the McKenzie books, but the first book of the first edition. But I finished the first book, and then I also finished the second book. Um, so I finished both books of the first edition. Um, so I think, and also every day I've been reading just around like 45 minutes to an hour of notes for from my business class, Clint Admin from Physical Therapy School. I've been doing that. That's been going great. Um, I think for next week, the only thing I'm going to do is I'm going to transcribe all the highlighted notes I took from the McKenzie books and just in the cervical spine and put it on a Google Doc. I like it, man. So it's it's all about repetition right now for me getting the basics for what I believe is is good care, and then I and I'm lucky and I'm enjoying it. So that's that's what matters. Hey, do me a favor, man. When you uh, when you finish that Google Doc, send that a share over my way. Of course, it's, I already finished the lumbar one. It's thirty something pages long. I'll share that with you, Nick. It's it's. I think it's very critical, important. Um, but of course. Absolutely, man. Book review, Bob, out here. <laughs> Book review, Bob. All right, I'll see you next week, Nick. Well, my friend. Take care.